0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us. So be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: We've been talking about over the last five weeks now, Every single Christian has come to spiritual life by the Holy Spirit. Are you listening to me? And again, if you don't have this written down, I want you to write it down because I think it's important. Being filled with the Spirit, and I've said it many times over this teaching, and I'm going to say it one last time here Being filled with the Spirit is not a title, it's a condition. Being filled with the Spirit. Is not a title. It's a condition. We were convicted of our sin by the Holy Spirit. Brought to repentance by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lifted us out of the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. You understand? Say amen. We submit to the Lordship of Jesus by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit strengthens our inner man so we can continue to walk with God. The Spirit gives us understanding into the word of God. We receive spiritual gifts by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit lifts us from the earthly into the heavenlies. So our citizenship is not in this world, it's not on this earth. Our citizenship is in heaven. The Spirit of God intercedes for us, so all things work together for good for believers. And my point is, saints, is that we are given everything. Here's the point. We're given everything we need, all the resources we need to live and walk by the Spirit. So let me give you this final outline, final meaning, final to this teaching, how to live and walk in the Spirit we've been talking about for five years weeks or this is the fifth and we'll talk about today the fruit of the spirit and number one we've got a nice simple three-point outline the fruit of the spirit number one gives us victory over the flesh the fruit of the spirit number one we're talking about the spirit gives us victory over lust and over the flesh All right, point number two. Y'all still with me? Say amen. The Spirit gives us victory over the law. That should say over, pardon me. Uh, Victory over the law. You You can fix that. And finally, we'll talk about the Spirit gives us victory over this life. Victory over this life. Victory over the flesh, over the law, and over this life. Sorry, projection people, my fault. That being said, saints, Galatians chapter 5, and we are picking up in verse 16. Galatians 5, 16. If you're looking at verse 16, say amen. Some of y'all ain't looking. Galatians 5, 16. If you're looking at verse 16, say amen. Amen. I say then, Paul the apostle writing to the church of Galatia, I say then, what does it say, saints? Walk Walk in the spirit and you shall not. Fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary one, one to another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Holy Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, and heresies. The works of the flesh are envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Of which I tell you before, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And in verse 25, saints, can you read it with me? If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Stop right there. Point number one in our outline, saints. The spirit gives us victory over the flesh. So look at verse 16 again, if you will, with me. And I want you to keep your pen handy. I say, then walk in the spirit. This verse is so important. It's so important, I want you all to read the entire verse with me. Verse 16, come on and read it with me. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit, Paul says, and you won't carry out the lust of the flesh. This can be called, this verse alone can be called the baseline truth for all Christian living. It's that important. And I'll explain it in just a moment. The baseline truth of all Christian living. Verse 16 is monumental. You can take all of Christian living. You can take all of the commandments of the New Testament and reduce them down to this one verse. If you walk by the spirit, you'll not carry out the lust of the flesh. Everything in this life that is right. All battles, all wars all gossip, all dissension. There's no oversimplification, saints. It's all related to the flesh. The flesh fouls up everything that is fouled up in life. Can I say it again? The flesh, are you listening to me? The flesh fouls up everything that is fouled up in life. Paul tells us in verse 16 to walk. The word walk got your pen is a progressive word and it means to keep on continually walking. The idea is that the life of the Christian unfolds one step at a time. One step at a time, yielding under the control of the Holy Spirit. You step by step walk and if you do, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now let me say that the only way that you can daily step by step walk in the Spirit is to have a spiritual mind. Please write that down. You must have a spiritual mind. And the only way to have a spiritual mind is two things. Number one, prayer. Say amen. Amen. And number two, the word of God. Say amen. amen. Prayer and the word of God will give you a spiritual mind. Hoping that you get a spiritual mind will not give you a spiritual mind. Praying about, watch, having a spiritual mind won't give you a spiritual mind. Now, we need to pray. I think you know where I'm going. You know what I'm saying. But we also need to couple that with the word of God, because the word of God is what takes the bad stuff out, stinking thinking, the bad stuff out, and puts the good stuff in. That means you've got to read it. That means you're not going to get it by reverse osmosis. Okay, you're not going to put your Bible under your pillow and go to sleep and wake up and think you have a spiritual mind. And the word of God in it It doesn't work that way. You got to read the word. Say amen. Amen. You got to study the word. Say amen. Got to come to Bible study. Got to hear the word of God. So the word of God will change your mind. I think of Second Corinthians. This is a great verse. Please take your phone, take a picture. Second Corinthians ten three, 6. Paul, the apostle writing to the church at Corinth, he says, for though I walk in the flesh, we walk in the flesh. The war. Is not according to the flesh. Y'all follow me this morning. Then come on, read this with me. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Can you read it? Come on. Bringing every thought into captivity and being ready to punish all disobedience when you're obedient. This is a really great verse. Gina, let me have the first part of that verse again, if you will. This is a, an awesome verse. It's a memory verse, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. You know, a few weeks back, we, we were talking about uh, the mind. Even in this series, we're talking about the mind. And we mentioned the key to walking in the spirit is controlling your mind. If you want to be strong in the Lord, you got to understand that the Christian life Is about your mind, casting down arguments. Let me add that second part. And every high thing that exalts itself against the not and bringing every. That's your mind into captivity to the obedience of Christ. The Christian life is all about what you think. The key to joy isn't a changed heart. The key to joy is changing your mind. Change your mind. So Paul tells us there, he says, though we walk in the flesh, the word flesh, Bible students, can be used three ways in the scriptures. The word flesh can refer to the body like meat and bones, the flesh. It can also refer to that which is psychological. It can also refer to the fall in nature, the flesh, the Adamic fall in nature, the old man here. Although we walk in the flesh, Paul is speaking of our bodies, the meat and the bones. We walk in this world in our bodies, in the flesh. No matter how spiritual we are, we still have this fleshly nature to deal with in this world. So we walk in this world, although we walk in this physical human body, Paul tells us our battle is. Is not according to this physical human body, our battle is spiritual. That's kind of hard to um, grasp and remember like when you're in loud fellowship with your mate. You know, we used to call that arguing, but the spiritual way to say it is loud fellowship. We're, me and Miss. Elvira are having loud fellowship. And isn't it hard to think that way? Like, your battle's not with your wife. Your battle's not with your husband. The battle's not with your children. The battle is not with other church folk. The battle is a spiritual battle. And because, listen to me, it is a spiritual battle, you need spiritual weapons to go into a spiritual battle. And natural weapons are ineffective in a spiritual battle. So we need spiritual weapons, right? The Bible says the weapons of our warfare, Paul told us, are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, this is the only place, by the way, in first, uh, Second Corinthians, is the only place where pulling down is used in the New Testament. And it means to destroy. It means to demolish or tear down, uh, uh, not tear down apartment complexes or, or or condos or tents. We are to destroy and tear down the strongholds in our lives. Now, you ask me, Pastor Rodney, what are strongholds? What strongholds, Pastor Rodney? Well, a stronghold, take your pen, is anything that's holding you and keeping you from becoming all that God desires for you to be. I'm trying to put the cookies on the shelf where the kids can get them. A stronghold is anything that's holding you from becoming all that God desires you to be. A stronghold, is anything hindering you from winning the Christian race? When Paul used the word stronghold, the Christians in Corinth knew exactly what he was talking about. Let me give you just a little bit of history. It was about 100 years before this letter in 2 Corinthians, we read it, was written that uh, there was a fortress high up on a plateau in Corinth. And the Romans came through the city of Corinth and they tore down the fortified walls using battering rams and catapults and grappling hooks. And Paul is saying, so the people in Corinth reading this letter understood exactly what Paul was saying when he was saying, pull down strongholds. Paul is saying the weapons for the Christian are mighty battering rams and grapple hooks to pull down the strongholds. In your life, the weapons for the Christian, as I mentioned, is the word of God. Ephesians chapter six, Paul tells us put on various pieces of armor. You know them in the helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. One of the pieces of armor is the word of God, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We use the word of God to bring down strongholds. Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit and joins and marrow. That's like the word of God gets down deep. Somebody say amen and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God brings down strongholds and that is our weapon. Can you imagine going off to battle and not having the right weapon or the right sword, the word of God. You know, that's exactly what many, many Christians do. What happens to the average Christian? You know, Wednesday night, we were, we're in Proverbs on Wednesday night. And uh, this past Wednesday, we're talking about uh, Luke chapter 4, where Jesus was driven into the wilderness by God, and he was tempted how many times by Satan? Three times. And each of the three times that Satan tempted him, Jesus, you know, you're hungry. Turn the stone into bread. You know, jump off the jump off the side of the pinnacle and the angels will keep you up. He's threatening and tempting Jesus. And each one of the times that the enemy tempts Jesus, Jesus says it is written. When Jesus said to Satan, it is. Is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that sees out the mouth of God. When Jesus said to Satan, It is written, Jesus is using the Word of God, listen to me, to battle Satan. He's using the Word of God, or the weapon of the Word, if you will, the sword of the Word, to fight the devil. And if Jesus needed the Word as a weapon, how much do we? Right? There's no other way for the Christian to fight. There's no other way for the Christian to pull down the strongholds than the weapon of the word of God and the arm of God. Now, let me tell you a little secret. Satan knows exactly what your particular stronghold is. Because we all have different strong. We're different people. God made us differently. And different is good. Say amen. And Satan knows exactly what strongholds. Are particular you. Everybody, again, is different. Some, their stronghold is bitterness and unforgiveness. Some people's stronghold is gossip. Their mouth just waters for some juicy gossip. Now, I'm not talking to nobody here. The folks that are outside of here, let's leave it there, okay? Somebody once said a secret is something that you tell a Christian one at a t- tell one Christian at a time. A secret is something you tell... One Christian at a time. Some people, his stronghold is mammon, money. Satan wants to hold us captive to our strongholds and then he can make you think you're a victim. Do you understand? You are not a victim. You are a victor in Jesus Christ. We have victory because of Jesus, right? Victors in Christ. Galatians 5. Now, I want you to look at Galatians 5 and look at verse 19 through 20. As Paul, through 21 actually, as Paul lists some of those strongholds, if you will, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish, ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, and reveries. All of these you can write in your margin are works of the flesh or their strongholds. And I hope that it's not taking you too long to learn that the flesh destroys. The flesh destroys. The flesh wants to control you. It wants you to be mad and feel bad. It creates anger and bitterness and jealousy. It wants to, you to be sure that you walk in fear. The flesh wants you to doubt God. Are you listening to me? The flesh wants you to take love out of your heart and replace it with hatred. The flesh wants to destroy your home, your relationship, your marriage. It wants to make you useless to God. The flesh lusts all the time, desiring what is wrong and what is destructive. And the only hope to defeat the flesh is, is to, verse 16, walk in the spirit. And when you walk in the spirit, you begin to tear down the strongholds. I'm talking very slowly because I want you to really hear what I'm saying. And I don't want you to miss a word or miss a syllable. The way to defeat the flesh is to walk in the spirit. And if you don't walk in the spirit, those strongholds destroy, demolish, and tear you down. Those strongholds, they get those grappling hooks in your heart. Bitterness. Unforgiveness. Somebody once said that you forgive people not for them, but you do it for yourself. Do you understand that forgiveness really is, it is about you. Now, listen. I know we live in a culture where we love to talk about us nowadays. Have y'all noticed that? Everybody's got sayings and uh, it's so much us. It's so much you, so much flesh, so much everything's about me and what I think. And well, this part is true. Forgiveness, number one, is a command from Jesus. Number one. Number two, you don't forgive because a person even deserves to be forgiven you forgive because you need to get that you don't want that unforgiveness and bitterness to take hold of you and become a stronghold because bitterness let me tell y'all something bitterness what please listen to me bitterness runs deep the word bitter in the greek language actually can translate to sticky Man, y'all like Pastor Why, you pretty heavy this morning, ain't you pretty? Yes, I am. Because this is no laughing matter. Bitterness is sticky, isn't it? It gets in your heart, and no matter what. It just it takes a work of the Holy Spirit to move it, to get it out. That is why you don't allow things into your life, things into your eyes, things into your ear, conversations in your ear. Because what will happen is you'll find yourself bitter. You don't even know why you're bitter, but somebody kind of spewed that bitterness on you. And now you don't know why you're bitter, but now you have to deal with that stronghold. And you find yourself having to forgive people that never did anything to you. Don't ask me to say that again. It's right. So we have to be mindful of those, those, those strongholds in our lives. Can I just say, with, with, without, without y'all get mad, let me, amen, pray for me. Without y'all get mad, you cannot... Deal with strongholds. You cannot have a human solution to a spiritual problem. Thank you, Lord. You cannot. You cannot offer a spiritual a, a human solution to a spiritual problem. The answer to overcoming the flesh saints is not pragmatics and it's not methodology. And it's certainly not psychology and counseling and life coach. I still don't know what that is. I, I really don't. I have sincerely asked people, like, what is a life coach? What is a life coach? That's a person you give your money to for no reason. <laughs> Listen. You're know, probably not gonna be very happy with me after service today. So I'll need to beef up security as I'm trying to leave. The Life coach. What is a life coach? I mean, what, 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 you can't, can't you know, deal with the, the, the spiritual things and, and, and the issues of the heart through fleshly means. The answer to overcoming the flesh is not some human effort. It's not somebody's good idea. It's not a system. The way to overcome the flesh is to simply, verse 16, walk in the spirit. Let's move on to point number two. The spirit gives us victory over the law. And verse 18, look at verse 18, if you will, if you but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now, Paul hears things is equating the flesh with the law, the law are rules given to man to help him keep control of himself, help him to uh, keep control of himself by, by, by operating in works, in human effort. So the law in our text is speaking of human effort.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina.